Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of League Talk. This is episode number 11 and I again have a really, really special guest today. Today we have the head coach of the Unicorns of Love Sexy Edition team, which is an amusing name for one of the most famous brands in League of Legends, European esports. We have Vermeer here. So I'm super excited to have you on. How are you? How are you doing? Hey, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pretty good. Awesome. I, uh, I'm just a bit sick, but uh, yeah, we were chatting. Overall, I'm, uh, yeah, I uh, feel, uh, feel pretty good. So. Amazing. Good news. Well, with how the team's been doing, then um, no doubt you're feeling pretty good about that. So the first <laughs> yeah. thing that I wanted to sort of talk about was your history. So anything to do with traditional sports? You play video games your whole life. Like, how did you get into this? Um, what is your history in the League of Legends scene? So, yeah. All right. Well, um, I mean, I've been playing video games ever since I was young. Mm -hmm. uh, my brother uh, bought a computer uh, when I was a kid, and I was always sitting next to him. And <laughs> he used to play like, I mean, it was a long time ago as well. So the games were obviously old school, but uh, he used to play like uh, Warcraft and that eventually led me into the RTS genre, into uh, World of Warcraft, and also into my appreciation for um, League of Legends, mm -hmm. since it's like it's all coming from kind of the same roots with the Dota mods yeah. in Warcraft 3 and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like uh, that uh, eventually brought me here. Perfect. When it comes to like from gaming history. Um, I've never really been in sports. I've done some um, group activity like scouts when I was a kid, mm -hmm. but um, in video games, uh, especially with my friends, uh, when I was young, I took up like a leadership role. So I guess that kind of like personality wise, it just felt right to be a guild leader yeah. or a raid leader in, in World of Warcraft, yeah, for example. Yeah. But also, like in uh, in our group of friends, when we played video games, I was always trying to get people together. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that that's always been a, a very consistent thing in my life. And um, eventually, when uh, when I was playing League of Legends a lot, and I dropped many other games just to pursue uh, like some kind of an uh, like it was a, like I obviously had dreams to become a, like a professional player. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's kind of normal for everybody that's like playing ranked and you have this this yeah, thought in the back of your head like wow what if I become really good so I already had this thought when I was in gold mm -hmm. even though it's like you're really far away from it yeah yeah but um I mean I just kept playing and playing and playing and then eventually I got into Diamond League and uh I just uh, started making a forum posts looking for players that were Dutch and um since, since uh, I'm Dutch as well, so uh, I wanted to have teammates that lived close so we could get, uh, go to local lands and stuff like that. Yeah. So we made a team and then we uh, we joined an organization called uh, Amcon. And yeah, that's, that's kind of how my uh, competitive career started in League of Legends. Yeah, that's really interesting. So your competitive career seemed to start with you sort of putting the work laying the bricks for something and then joining an organization comparative to what most people yeah. do now which is i did a podcast recently about pathways 
and pathways in traditional sports versus esports. So the normal pathway for esports in League of Legends is to get to Challenger and then hopefully you either get scouted or go to scouting grounds or you know a professional player through your play. But it's really interesting to yeah. see that you you managed to do that almost yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Very good. I'm, I mean, I'm a, I, I'm a person with a very strong opinion mm -hmm. and sometimes, uh, like, that, that kind of backfires if you... <laughs> completely understand the subject yeah but uh i mean i i think it's good to be confident but then again you need to back it up of when course. i was uh like started like since league of legends is a team game i believe that playing as a team was the best way to improve mm -hmm. and the moment i reached diamond i was uh, had, like i had a champion pool on support and i played that and i was the team captain and the shot caller and i just made sure that people were kind of doing their jobs and then we would just play the game. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, in that in that way, like I I never thought like I want to become very good as an individual and then join a team. I thought See. that was a was a like a bad route to take. And now I now I think differently about that because it's definitely a good route to take. Mm -hmm. But um, the issue is with players like that, often um, you get this problem like in, in competitive. Um, if people are challenger from solo queue mm -hmm. and have never played any kind of competitive, they haven't actually played League of Legends yet. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is might be kind of a weird statement because in, in challenger, you obviously require macro and everything, but like not being like not having been on the land, not having uh, been screaming, not being uh, like that you like, actively communicate which is a, like a huge skill mm -hmm. is like something that players really have a problem with if they transition and if you then have five players in your team that are, are all challenger from solo queue they're not gonna start talking from themselves and even if you say it as a coach generally it's like better to have people that are like already have some experience so others can be like oh so he's doing this and then why am I not doing that? Well, if you have two people from solo queue, they'll just play solo queue, right? Yeah. So, I mean, both ways are kind of possible, but you need the you need the you, you need both. Mm -hmm. uh, in in conclusion, financially. I see. Yeah, so, that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of those sort of values do um, sort of translate to lots of different esports and especially traditional sports as well. But I wanted to talk about yeah. how you got into coaching. Um, so yeah. I know you've worked with a, a couple of different teams and I believe they're mainly in Germany. Um, but what was your sort of pathway to getting into coaching League of Legends? Okay, so um, now we're going back to uh, my own region again. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, uh, I've been, I was playing for a while and at some point I was like, I was in the, playing in Diamond 2 and me and my team were doing like, okay. Yeah. And um i got this to this point where i was doing a lot of the jobs for the team that a coach does or a manager does mm -hmm. but um i wasn't the coach or the manager you know i was still a player but this 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 took up so much time that um yeah that like in my opinion it was better to try to help my teammates to improve and try, try to help the team improve than playing myself. I see. So at some point, my AD carry was just like, dude, you're not improving as an individual. You're doing all this, all these things. 
that this is coach is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just coach? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I mean, I could, but I really want to play, right? Mm-hmm. So there was some struggle there. And then I tried it out and then we got another support and it just worked out. It just clicked. Yeah. Then after like uh, a couple of months, we went to a land <clears throat> and um, we, we had like prepared for this. Wait, uh, give me one second. I need to uh, uh, blow yeah. my nose. Wait, no hold on. Let's go for it. Yeah, of course. All right, I'm back. Okay, no worries. <laughs> Anyways, back to the land. Yep. Um, we were preparing for this match because, um, like, obviously, when you go to a land, you kind of know what you're standing. You know how good the teams are. You've probably played against them before, see them play. Uh, I, like, I knew all the players personally. So, like, we had an expectancy of, like, not uh, being a team that was going to be first because there were a lot of. Uh, challenger players and some um, like uh, pro players that um, were just playing um, like there for fun since it was off season during the land. Like yeah. uh, uh, Bipo was there, for example, and Koskiu uh, uh, was there. Mm-hmm. And they like, yeah, I mean, like a lot of a lot of Benelux people that are playing in. Germany and uh, even in LCS with people who, for example, used yeah. to be on these lands a lot. Okay. So that was my competition. Wow. And um, I mean, obviously, we we lost to them. There yeah. was actually a land where I won from people, but this was just, this was when he was like Diamond One, <laughs> and it was like a couple of years ago. You can so, remind like, me there's of no that. Comparison. There's not going to be a comparison <laughs> now. Yeah. Like, that's way out of reach. But the thing <laughs> is, um, um, at that time, we were uh, on this land, and it was a team that uh, placed second in the um, in the last uh, split in ESL Benelux, mm-hmm. and we were confident we were going to beat them. But since they had like a bigger fan base and like, um, yeah, I mean they had achieved more already. Like everybody was like vouching for them that they were going to win. Yeah. So we ha- had our group. We prepared the match. We prepared the draft. We were very confident. We played that match and we completely stomped them. And that felt so good. Yeah, because the organization that, you know, took us in never had a league team as well. And they were very happy to have us in. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when, when we won the match, everybody just stood up and we just, you know, everybody was so happy. So yeah. everyone was like hugging and we, we just got together the whole group, like mm-hmm. the whole organization and some of our fans. We were like cheering and yeah. yeah. I mean that that feeling at that moment I really realized like wow you know this is so you want to do. so amazing yeah and like everybody's so happy and you know that that's even though I I, I was just doing coaching for fun at the time mm-hmm. it felt so good and I was like what if I can really turn this into a job you know yeah well the interesting um, thing for me listening to all of this is what and what you're saying is there's a sort of a big discussion um, at the moment in sort of academia when it comes to sports about managers versus leaders um, and the, one of the main differences being um, this sort of personal touch that a leader will have that a manager may not so when you when you think of a manager you tend to think of like the CEOs of big companies comparative to a leader 
who might be someone that's you know personality based that knows what they're talking about that loves what they're doing and drives through people rather than drives through revenue or, or money things like that so it seems to yeah. me like um, you've made yourself into a leader comparative to a manager and maybe that yeah. could be one of the reasons why you are where you are now um, so you're currently at the unicorns of love they're um, yeah. sexy edition team which I find uh, an interesting name but as I, as I yeah. mentioned earlier one of the one of the biggest sort of names in European esports and definitely European League of Legends so how, how did that come about how's it going I've, I've been following you and you've you know a couple I think it was about it was last weekend you managed to go 6-0 and in one weekend and did really really well in your recent game you were in uh, you went 1-1 one and one. so yeah what's how, how's that all been going well, um, when I joined the team, the team, um, um, I mean, everybody was like really motivated to improve, mm -hmm. which was really nice, but there was uh, uh, like a, a lack of direction. Mm -hmm. And basically how I got into the team is I noticed one of the players looking for um, scrims and I was like, wait, you know, I can help them with that. Like I was looking for team as a coach. Yeah, and I, I I knew the AD carry personally, which was uh, Lexlot or is Lexlot still? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo man, um, can I help you guys out? Because I just noticed that he was doing that for himself, which normally a manager or something does that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we talked, and it was like, yeah, it would be nice to have some assistance because the thing is, is um, like it's it's uh, like shippy coaches. Uh, in uh, Unicorns of Love, mm -hmm. but the issue is is that he has the, the LCS team and he has some other uh, things going on. So, you know, an academy team just gets less resources. Yeah, of course. And I was like, I can I can fill this in here, and you know, um, we'll still do it together. But then I can just make sure that the team always has somebody that you know can provide uh, structure and make sure they're on the right track. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, I just uh, worked for them uh, for free, just to you know show them what I could do, mm -hmm. and like as a, just a, as a sort of as some kind of trial period because they were weren't asking for a coach in the first place, right? So yeah. I just wanted to prove my value, and this is kind of how uh, I do things. I just show them that I'm a, like a proper person and that I really enjoy my job and that I commit it. And um, yeah, I already knew kind of how they were because of their reputation and I knew it was like a good brand and like a good environment so I really went for it yeah and I mean everything worked out um, yeah and I uh, we like uh, we started to work together me and Sheepy on the team and uh, he would then just uh, give me direction and it, it also with like as a coach it's like you have certain beliefs, but it's always nice to reflect on ideas with somebody. Yeah. Because then you have a sort sort of in, like insurance that you're when you think you're right, you're actually right, and maybe maybe in some cases you're wrong, and somebody can adjust your some some of your thought processes, and then mm -hmm. you know it's it's super nice to have, and also especially since uh, of the LCS experience. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's just uh, amazing to uh to have that available yeah good news. Like it's, uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for that so yeah so so what, what makes you think because you have been you've clearly been doing really well you've been uh picking up a lot of victories and it seems to be that 
Um, everyone seems to be working together really well and the, the team has clearly got the direction that you spoke of. Do, is there a reason why you attribute that? I know you spoke about the team needing direction. Do you attribute most of your, the success of the team to finally getting that direction alongside the motivation of all the players? Is there a specific that you believe um, is the reason why um, they're doing well? I mean, one of the issues with the team is that we ha basically had um, like a lot of rookies so what we're currently doing is we're in a uh, transition period with the roster. Yeah. So uh, like basically all the players are allowed to defend their positions, and some are doing this very well. And um, I mean that's good to see, you know, that 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 even if if we we open up their spots, that they are fighting for them. Yeah. So we had a very flexible roster because we also used the trials, and basically we have in-house scrims. And then, you know, I decide the roster and I give people like homework and mm -hmm. or like I we prepare matches together and I just tell them, like, OK, I want to start doing this. And then I pick the players for that. I see. And with yeah, with the structure, it's just that when you're playing league, you need to have like, put it simply, you just need to have a plan. You need mm -hmm. to have a certain way of playing you want to do. You need to look at what the players can provide. And, you know, when you, when you ask like simple questions, like how are we going to win this game? Um, then it just involves into this whole thing. And if you're not asking this, it's, it's like, you're, you're not going to be winning games, like yeah. at least not consistently, because you need to know what makes you win games and then how are you going to get these situations? Mm -hmm. So, um, like a lot, a lot of the time, what happens is that if, if you ask, for example, like who wants to who wants to carry or who wants to play safe, generally everybody has uh, a certain ego, mm -hmm. and people generally wanna be the one that's in the spotlight. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, it's nice. Even if you're a support, you would be like, yeah, I actually want to play something here that I can make kills on. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but. Um, what it takes for people to have a mutual understanding of each other's roles, what they do, and who is actually capable of having real impact on the game, and then the other players have to play towards this. And this is something that's very hard to do, especially with young kids, because um, I can I can tell a mid laner that loves to play assassins to play LeBlanc yeah. in solo queue like a lot and then in scrims we can do it and he's like yeah it's really awesome but if i tell him to start playing uh, karma or galio he might not enjoy it that much yeah because it's a more of a supportive role mm -hmm. and um especially for younger people the enjoyment of the game often has more importance than actually having any value um like actually, as yeah. a derived as a, from like it. an opposition mm -hmm. or a drive yeah and like that that's that's a, that's just an issue that a lot of teams have so when you have a coach you can be like okay i see that you guys can do this and therefore this is the logical way to play the game mm -hmm. and then you just tell them to do it and if they do it then we tend to win yeah so that's basically what's been happening it's okay. like um we've been having a lot of matches uh just as uh, practice matches and now i kind of know what the players can do mm-hmm and then we concluded on certain strategies and certain play styles, and then we just kept playing these play styles until 
um, we got the refinements in, mm -hmm. as in like you, when you have a strategy, like let's say we want a team fight, then then, then you you get all these team fights that you're forcing, mm -hmm. but then um, other questions come up like, um, should should we actually team fight here a minute minute later, or should we set up a wave differently, or play around a different objective, yeah. or force the other way around? You know who 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 lands what ability first. You know, when you engage, it's like, mm -hmm. let's say you have a Sejuani and a Rakan, who actually goes in first, what's the better way of doing things? Mm -hmm. It's like, stuff like this, and then it gets more interesting. So that those are the refinements. So yeah, when you have this direction, then your team actually can get started good. And at this time, um, we already have kind of our strategy, even though we're n we haven't decided on our roster yet, because like, we're, we're still going to take our time. Mm -hmm. We give a lot of players the opportunity to prove themselves, then eventually uh, we'll go with what we think is best. Yeah. But um, yeah, with with how we're playing is like we've we've been we've been going at it in in competitive as well, and just because of the commitment in in the short time that we did, because that's the the great thing about in-house scrims is that the enemy can't cancel because you have 10 of your own players playing yeah. the game, you know? And you can, in, instead of three scrims, what teams normally do, I just do four uh, with short breaks, you know? Mm -hmm. So we just get the games in. And so we play strategies over and over and over again with the same scenarios happening. And then we got into the matches and the same scenarios in the scrims were happening. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah. Yeah, it's a ride that we already did, so it was very, uh, very pleasant. Mm -hmm. And then that was an ESL, so yeah, like uh, that. It actually felt quite easy, and it's it's kind of funny because before this we were just consistently losing games, and I think right. the the whole strategy aspect and the team play obviously is like a huge difference because as as I stated earlier with like the the, the challenger solo queue players. Um, it is important that you're actually playing the game, right? And if you if you aren't playing the game properly as a team, then you you won't consistently win games because course, you don't yeah. know why you're actually winning games. Mm -hmm. You're just playing, and because you outplay people, you win. Yeah, interesting. Because one of one of the things that I was talking about and I've been thinking about recently is you know the idea of communication and how important that is in sort of everyday life in terms of you know communicating with your partner your parents your family your friends but the idea of over communication in team sports so for example the over the things that you don't necessarily need to say but is good information to have out there so for example you know if you are the jungler and you are currently on the raptors and you're doing the raptors camp and you're looking to gank mid in the next sort of 30 seconds to a minute, over communicating the fact that in the next 30 seconds, this will be your path, this is where you're looking to go, this is the sort of time that you'll be ganking and things like that. So knowing your strategy and knowing your strength seems to be something that can come from communication. Um, and I'd be interested yeah. to see if that is something that you've tried to instill, is that something that you've learned? Um, is the communication an aspect that you put a lot of emphasis on? Um, well, it is something some it is it, it, it actually one of the main points mm -hmm. uh you consistently do in scrims um i think a lot of especially when it comes to to uh, new players 
um, in competitive, they tend to be very silent. And what we what we learn the players is like that there's that there, I mean there's a lot of ways of looking at league, but generally how I see the game is that in order for a jungler to properly play the game mm-hmm. is that the laners um, set up the wave for the jungler in order to gank, mm-hmm. and towards this. The, the 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 junglers can path i see and this is basically you can you can nail this down from the start of the game you can like yeah before the game even starts you can already make plans like how you do your pathing and then you know your matchup because you've played the same matchup over and over again mm-hmm. so you exactly know where the waves is going to be where and when when in or like at least if you consistently manage the wave the same you know so you can you can set up place like you can set up a slow push with a cannon with a cannon minion and just dive people at level three. This this it just happens uh, yeah. a lot, and this is how how you're supposed to do it. And the communication comes in. It's like um, first of all, you talk about it before the game uh, when it comes to early game uh, uh, pathing. But later on, you can be like, um, yo, I have the opportunity to set up a slow push. You can clear your two camps. And then you're top. This takes about uh, you know forty seconds, and then you know you're there. Mm-hmm. It's like it's very important that this happens. If it doesn't happen, you're again you're playing without any direction. Yeah. And and the the issue here is, um, there's a lot of variables you have to talk about. So not communicating, in my opinion, is literally just. Uh, I, I don't want to like use stupid words like inting and griefing, yeah. but that's actually what it comes down to. Yeah, if yeah. you're not communicating this, there's really no point in playing the game because mm. you always want to be talking about how to get advantages, how to set up advantages, and how you're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. You, you obviously already have like a draft prepared, you, you've played the team composition before, but there are so many variables like, oh, in, in today in this matchup, uh, my jungler ganked at level three, and we only got a flash, and now we got a flash and a kill, or we mm-hmm. got a kill, and like then then the scenarios are different every time, and maybe maybe the jungler gave double buff. Like how does the matchup go then? You know, like you you're actually in a in a def- gold deficit now, and he has a double buff. Mm-hmm. Do you still get lane priority? Yeah. Like can you still set up a wave? Can you actually dive? Like. All these things, like you have a plan, but you need to be able to change it, and that's why this consistent wave of, or like flow of communication is so important. I see, Mm -hmm. because the adaptation is one of the key parts in in this game specifically, because there's so many different variables. You know, even things as uh, as as small as build or you know how the game goes, as you were saying with the double buffs, are, are these adaptations and variables that you can have an idea in your head before you go into the game, and that's great, but when the game plays out it's completely completely different but you touched yeah. on a couple of things that you were talking about with uh with working with sheepy and i saw a tweet that you put out relatively recently um sort of praising that relationship and the working relationship that you guys have um and for me working yeah. in traditional sports and through my career with business development um and and everything that i've been doing uh, mentorship and colleagues that challenge you mentally is something that i deem to be really really important i think it 
it sort of it betters you you can bounce ideas off of them as you spoke on earlier and that conversation that's like is what i'm doing correct do you think there's anything i can change and that sort of uh back and forth that you can have with your mentors your colleagues your friends i think is really key so i wanted to touch on a couple of things that you've learned from sheepy and and is there anything that you know you've learned from him that was like really really cool really important and um how this is this relationship has sort of bettered you a little bit Um, well, first of all, what I was very surprised about is that a lot of the, uh, ideas and like fundamentals that, uh, like about coaching and how to do things were, um, like we already were in agreement on a lot of stuff, but it's Amazing. just that you see such a, like I've been coaching for like two years now mm-hmm. and he's, he's been in LCS for uh, copies. I don't know exactly how long, but it's just that seeing that uh, in work is a very um, nice experience because you kind of know um, where you have to be in order to, like, for example, to be able to coach in LCS. Yeah. So um, a lot of it is properly communicating, like. Um, for me, like I can, like I, I have, like I can. Oh, but this is, for example, a, mm-hmm. an issue I have. Like I start stuttering, for example. Don't worry. Like, don't I worry, know don't what don't. I want to say. Yeah. But sometimes it's just um, hard to explain Understand. points correctly. Yeah, of course, man. This is your second language and, as well, so don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's just. Um, so would it be something to do with like the vision as well, and you're ha- having your visions aligned, and you communicating with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, there are a lot of things that I, I, I already learned, mm-hmm. and it's like things like line of questioning, getting to answers faster, making players see their see. like mistakes um, by just yeah, just you, you, obviously you can show them in a vault, but it's also just for the player himself, it's important to self-reflect. Like I, personally, I'm, I'm I'm very conclusive when it comes to issues. So mm-hmm. I try to get at the conclusion, but uh, one of the things that Shippy really showed me, which makes the players understand um, easier, is if they go to the process of learning themselves. So you ask them yeah. questions or you make them explain what their uh, thought process was. Mm-hmm. These concepts were really interesting to me because to me, like, um, I'm uh, again, I'm very conclusive in this. It's just yeah. like when you have one plus one, I'm only looking at the answer, which is two. Sure. And uh, like, Shippy would then, for example, look more at the one plus one. What does this mean and I and see. why? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I like, I just noticed that I was skipping a lot of steps and. That, that might be one of the reasons why I have to explain something like a couple times over a period mm-hmm. instead of, uh, you know, doing it correctly in the first place. So yeah. was, this was kind of interesting. And like, obviously, I didn't see this flaw because you're, I mean, you can you can't see it, but it's just for something you're used to, right? Yeah. yeah and cause... yeah, that was, a, that was one of the examples. Cool. I see. Um, I mean, it's also um the way the way of talking how to structure out conversations mm-hmm. uh in his vault reviews like that's what he 
he does a lot because he can he can tell a lot about the game uh, from his experience and from his insight into high level competitive play. So when we have scrims, uh, he he sometimes then steps in and then it's like, okay, we're gonna take this last game, we're gonna talk about it, and we just take an hour or an hour hour and a half, and then he just full reviews the game, and it's just nice to see. Um, yeah, well, what he has to say about this because mm-hmm. I obviously have my own opinion. I just saw the game as well. You know, what what is he saying differently, and how how would I have done it differently? And mm-hmm. you know, then it's just nice to to see others work as well because then you can just learn. Same. Yeah, because w- one of the things that I've been working on um, in terms of League of Legends coaching, in terms of sports coaching is the idea of sort of self-auditing and self-awareness so it seems that you as a coach have got this down to a T for yourself and this is something that I've always tried to instill in the people that I'm coaching is the idea of um, always looking back at yourself looking at your positives your negatives what you could have done better and trying to be as sort of self-aware as you can be in terms of looking at so if we were to take I don't know if you know anything about tennis but tennis for example you know, if, if as a player, you understand personally that you have an amazing forehand and your, your, your net play is very strong, maybe you need to think about, let's try and improve on my backhand or let's try and improve on my serve because this is where um, my audit has laid me or led me to the point where I now need to understand and better that part of it. So yeah. to have that is, that's really interesting as well. Um, yeah. But we're sort of getting to a close here and this has been amazing, but I had a couple more questions if that's okay. So the one question that I did have was, is there a a key part to coaching specifically in League of Legends that you believe is one of the most important things? I know we spoke on direction, so having a direction in-game and making sure that you communicate as much as humanly possible. Are those the key points? Is there something that you deem to be more uh, important? Or how do you you see that? Hmm. It's a really broad question, I know. It's yeah, quite a it's, difficult yeah, one. Yeah, it is. It, it is. What comes to mind to me personally, and I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a thing that people say often. It's like being hungry, you know. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> what it really comes down to is having a having a team where there's a lot of respect and a lot of mutual drive. Mm. And I think having like this mentality of where everybody's giving their all and everybody's brutally honest against each other in yeah. order to improve mm-hmm. is one of the best things you can have. And, uh, you know, having also the respect to be honest against each other and of like being like, oh, he can't take this or anything. Mm-hmm. I think good. And yeah. if, if everybody commits hard and there's this like this team environment, this, this, this brotherlyhood where, you know, you do it for the team. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I think that's uh, that's like the essence of having a, having a good team and creating it, uh, this as a coach. It's uh, vital. Yeah, so it's sort, sort of a team culture type of thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. And that, that's good to hear that, um, that you can identify that. I think that says a lot about yourself as a coach as well um, and trying to foster that positive sort of culture that you have within a team. Um, but then if we sort of wrap this up with one last question and then I'll sort of let you plug anything that you want to talk about. Um, but for any aspirational coaches, for people that are trying to get into League of Legends coaching or just esports coaching in general, is there any advice that you would give that would, I don't know, make them a better coach, um, that gives them a positive pathway into coaching, um, how, how that would work? Um, well, I think if you do a career that's... Um... I mean, 
it's it's kind of hard to say mm -hmm. because there's a lot of variance but yeah. this is something you have to in order to become a good coach you have to really love your job mm -hmm. because it's not just your, your your job at least for me it's not it's not that it's it's really uh some some form of life goal or you know yeah. aspiration to uh to be successful and yeah to 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 give it your all like really to push yourself and the thing is is if you go into esports um you shouldn't be expecting like instantly a lot of money mm -hmm. you're going to be having a lot of trouble so you really have to love the thing that you're doing so it doesn't really feel like a job yeah and you need to be able to work every day with limited breaks like like that that's that's going to be your life because the thing is is this is a job that just requires a lot of uh, determination time and commitment and you can't just be like okay i'm gonna coach for a couple of weeks and now i'm uh, just gonna chill and do something else that that's just not how it yeah. works so like it's 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 a mm. it's a really rough job but it's a rewarding job and obviously you can also take your free time sure but it's more of the sense that when you're a coach um you, you're you're responsible for people mm -hmm. You carry responsibility and this is something you need to understand you're their leader yeah. people depend on you and even when you're sick uh, <laughs> as you all know you gotta <laughs> you gotta you gotta be there you know yeah. so uh, that's how it is yeah that's a that's, that's really good advice really really good advice for, for for lots of people in different that's amazing advice for different jobs different like uh, spheres of life as well so yeah thank you for yeah. that so the first thing that i want to do is i want to extend a massive massive thank you to yourself this has been uh massively inspirational for me and i'm sure the people that will listen to this all of the guys that do listen guys and girls will absolutely love this as a podcast this has been absolutely brilliant to chat to you and i extend a huge huge thank you to you hey no problem yeah so and, uh, I... sorry go ahead yeah i uh I uh, enjoy uh, talking, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I mean this is this has been fun, and uh, yeah, I mean uh, it's always nice to uh, explore uh, memories and thoughts yeah. and concepts. Yeah. So if there's anything that you want to say, anything that you want to plug, um, I know your team's going and it's going really well. So if there's anything you want to say to do with that, go for that. I mean, uh, one of the things that uh, I'm personally really hoping, and this is. Um, because unicorns is out of LCS, people are like a lot of the unicorns fans are very sad about this. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, we are here now. We have a team. We work very hard, and we really want to, you know, give it our all. Our goal is to win EU Masters eventually. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna be playing to that point all the way from the second division. And I hope that uh, we can uh, make the 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 unicorns of love uh, fans proud yeah well to be honest with you i don't doubt that for a second i think that um those goals are very much attainable with someone like yourself um at the at the helm and with the players that you guys seem to have and the organization and the branding that you have i'm i wouldn't be surprised if that is uh that comes sooner rather than later so again thank you so much if people want to find you um and follow you find out a bit more about you where can they do that um, well, they can find me on Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's at FamirLol mm -hmm. on Twitter. And I mean, I have a stream, but I don't really stream anymore. So basically, I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. I always reply to DMs. 
and um, you can ask me any questions there. And I also post our matches and anything related to my career on Twitter. So then you can follow our matches, our schedules and whatever, whatever I have to say. Perfect. Well, we will wrap it up there. Thank you ever so much for listening, everyone. I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you have an amazing week. And I will see you on Wednesday.